so Voss, huh? Should I wear a backwards ball cap? <laughs> what? What? Should I wear a backwards ball cap? Yeah. Yeah, I approve of that. Yeah, I, yeah. Is that? Oh, that's mom. Never mind. It's a mom hat. Yeah, well, I mean. Oh, hey. <laughs> we're recording right yeah, now. Yeah, we're, we're, we are actually recording we right now. Talk, so. If you guys didn't know, we're recording right now. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so. Anyway, Austin, we're recording right now. Okay, let's talk about. I guess we're all taking our shoes off, level too. So, we have to get comfortable. Are you are you comfortable uh, disclosing information about semi personal life <sighs> things in front of people, such oh. as like job statuses or anything? I'll talk about anything. Yeah. You talk about anything. I know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, welcome back to the Two Good for Two podcast. Um, episode. I guess you know five. Five. <laughs> he, uh, he, it's kind of this guy's on top of things. He does research. Yeah, I'll make up dramas for the channel. He's cheating out to the audience. Um, yeah. yeah. Me and the mayor got beef. You feel like you're on Jimmy Fallon right now? <coughs> A little bit. Oh, oh. There's like 40,000 less people than I'd expect. <laughs> we, we do have a live studio audience. Oh, oh, understood. Yeah. And the, the black curtain used to be flower. Mm. Anyways, so you quit your job, right? <laughs> uh, yesterday, I know. Oh, so what, wow. What was the... Wait, I didn't... Where did you work, where'd you work at? Uh, I, well, I'll, I'll leave that undisclosed. But what did you do? What genre? What genre? Oh, I worked at a restaurant. Oh. A really good restaurant, too. They have really good ingredients, very fresh, really good food. That's yeah? Pizza. Nowadays, it means the prices are really high, but it definitely was my favorite restaurant in the city. Okay. Well... Does that like are you are you gonna go back there or why did you, you have quit beef with them or what? Yeah, it's a very on and off toxic relationship. I'll be there for a month and then I'll get fired and then a couple months later. The thing is, the kitchen work itself is low key hell. Um, very toxic work environment. Like it's very aggressive. Lots of emotions. I'm sure it's that way in lots of kitchens. Yeah. This one is just to the extent that it's very hard for them to hold on to employees. Mm. Oh. I'm willing to put up with a lot. Because I get free meals every day, and I can handle angry people. Yeah. So, yeah. I, whenever they run that of everyone else, they call me back. And there's lots of drama. But I usually don't mind it that much. And then eventually I get tired of it, and they get tired of me, because I always insist on showing up three minutes late. Okay. Just because it bothers them. Uh, <laughs> that's and what I do. Exactly. Three minutes late just because it bothers them. And at some point, they have an excuse to get rid of me whenever they want to, and I make art for them, like, you know, signs and, like, yeah. you know, prices and stuff like that. Um... And then once they feel they've gotten as much art out of me, and once they feel like I've gotten as much money out of them as one could realistically expect, they cast me to the void. And um, then for the next couple of months, I'm nowhere, and we all hate each other. And then it's like, hey, we're friends, right? You want to come back? I'm like, I do make, like, a lot of tips, so might as well. The reason I quit, though, is because I feel like I finally... I have to quit now and then because in order for me to make art, I need, like, an entire day schedule clear. Yeah. Just so yeah. I can, like, actually think with enough headroom. Mm-hmm. And it's just been a while. And I'm like, okay, i got to get back to making art now. I have some new ideas. I'll put them out there. And then by the time I'm out of ideas, they'll probably need me back anyways. Mm-hmm. So which one of us goes crawling back to the other person? We just pretend that it was both of us making a dignified decision. Okay. Oh, okay. Did we introduce him? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm the guy who put his job to work on art. <laughs> yeah, uh, he, he's a, this is a Augustia, and Augustia did uh, he did the the he did the art for the the two good for two logo, and there seem to be more interactions between the three of us. Oh, there will be interactions. And then we're also gonna have trades of like his art and stuff for the podcast too. 
Uh, big things coming. <laughs> big things. <laughs> See these things on open. the wall, it's all going to be Augustia. Here's yeah, we're going to have a big mural of just Augustia faces that make a big Augustia face. Yeah. Uh, but, moves. but, like, so are you, do you walk in there and eat sometimes? Like, do you have, like, a, a chipper friendship with them, after, like, besides that? Or do you only go in there, like, when you're working or whatever and come back in, like, phases? It's always awkward. But I don't mind awkwardness. Awkward. Mm. So if it makes it awkward for now, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. It might spit in the food, but it doesn't make it that much worse. Have you ever spit in the food? What? Have you ever spit in the food? Oh, never. No. Oh, okay. Never. I've never done that. I just don't know if my spit has a flavor. Like, like, you ever wonder like what your spit uh-huh. tastes like to other people? Do you ever fear? I that, mean, like, I wonder that. Like a lot. Taco Bell. Like it's because whenever I eat Taco Bell, especially because Taco Bell's a musty. Mm. <laughs> it's always a little bit more moist. <laughs> it's like the, the, the meat yeah. is sloppy and wet. The chicken is sloppy and wet. The cheese is sloppy. <laughs> And white, you're like they could just throw anything in there. A lot of and I wouldn't even know. I they could put anything know. in there. Is it ever like notice. just like like do you ever get that feeling in the back of your head that makes it hard to eat? Like soup, like super yuck, like really yucky little yeah. goopy. I feel like unless an ex of mine worked at a place, I couldn't pinpoint if it was spit or not. You know, yeah. but if it was like, oh, this feels like this burrito hasn't brushed its teeth in a month, I'd be like, oh, that's her. You know. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so like until then, probably not. Yeah. <laughs> So you go back and you go in like phases or whatever to that place. So the the artistic thing is like it hits and then you want it real bad and then I just kind of like just regularize. And so I get in the like really, you know when your brain starts churning oh, yeah. and then you start becoming yourself for like a, <laughs> you get off your meds yeah. and then and then it's like, is that like what Stop happens? Stop taking the schizo meds. Or do you or do you kind of have like consistent and then like. You choose whenever yeah. you're getting creative. The pandemic was a blessing because instead of having a single day to work on art, I had like six months where the entire world just stopped, right? It was my senior year. I just stopped going to class. I just stopped doing Zooms. I just was like, okay, I get to do my own thing now. Was that when you were still living with your family? parents? Okay. Yeah, it was. And so I was like, okay, I get to do my own thing now. And so every single day I got in the habit of making enormous amounts of music and art. Last year, I put out 30 minutes of music a month on oh. average. I'm gonna, and I'm gonna. by the end of the year, I had like eight hours going. So I put wow. out so much stuff. So now I kind of have that muscle. So when I'm chilling at work, I'm like, wait, I haven't made music this month. Like this month, this year, I've only put out like two hours of music, maybe. Um, and it's a very weird feeling, but maybe two hours at most. But I'm taking my time on this, and work sort of forces me to sort of stretch out space in between my ideas. Because, you know, you'll have, like, one really good bit, and then, like, the next five jokes after that are kind of just trying to live up to that standard. Mm-hmm. And so if you could only ever get moments for that good bit, and then just not waste time on the next five jokes, you know, you're just I'm just sort of condensing it a bit. I'm concentrating it a bit, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we don't have good bits in this podcast. <laughs> so we don't have to worry about yeah, that. Yeah, we're all... <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> the point... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <that's> the <laughs> There's no expectations. <laughs> we just we're just we're pleasantly surprised whenever something good happens. Yeah, <laughs> you don't like try and like squash it. You don't like prevent humor or something. Yeah, we, um, do we, yeah, we prevent humor. We don't we don't like that. I'll try not to be funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the funniest thing that's been said on this podcast is the fact that you said we had jokes to live up to. <laughs> yeah, we do. Oh my gosh, yeah. we didn't have. No, I think uh, uh, we played fart noises. One time. Have, did, did you listen to that? Did you listen to that? It's like music, kind of. I haven't caught it. <laughs> I definitely would have sampled it if you had, yeah. if I had caught that one, though. It's, it was like, you know the, you know the Icky Diarrhea? Oh, yeah. <laughs> the like, one, the, like the massive the one, ass rip. <laughs> the one where it starts out with the dude going, Ugh, and then it's like, Ugh. Yeah, I don't, I don't <laughs> you can pull it up. <laughs> this is, <laughs> it's too, it's too, <laughs> 
Too good for two. It's, oh yeah, let's go. Okay. That's and, <laughs> and that's the too good for two podcast. Thank you everybody for watching. Oh, oh too lowbrow for Augustine. <laughs> but okay, we um, need to get smarter jokes. For but Augustine. anyways, so with yeah. the with so you're doing full time art for the time being until you decide to suck up the spit and go back to the restaurant if you do and if you don't or whatever. What's the uh, how do you Talk like that. when you're when you're what? doing the um art. And making money off of it. Yeah. Because, like, if you're an actor or something, it's just like, go to auditions. Yes. Be in plays or be in a show. But with art, I know you can just, like, paint it and sell it or make it and sell it. And, like, people listen. What do you... What's your MO for going about looking for music? There's... Oh, for music? Oh, okay. For murals and art, I... When people ask about my art, I say, I mainly do music. People ask about the music, I say, I mainly do art. Because if you can impress them with one thing and say, well, I mainly do this thing, then they assume the other one's more impressive. Oh, mm-hmm. um, so I'll say that sometimes. <laughs> there's, a, there's an enormous amount of opportunities in Johnson City, weirdly enough, for artists. They have lots of things happening at the Pavilion. There's things happening at Founders Park. There's a ton of galleries downtown that are pretty happy to host local artists. Um, Appalachia is interested in cultivating itself into presenting as a cultured presence in America. I don't know how worthwhile that is, how far that's going, but they're throwing a lot of money at it. And the Public Art Committee is very committed to getting lots of murals put up in alleyways and on buildings and public spaces around here. And they're really open to have a conversation with almost anyone. They're really tired of, like, professional bigwigs coming into town and taking all the spots. They want to promote local artists. Mm. Um, There's an art pop-up that travels around the city selling little art. And, like, some of them require, like, a gallery, you need to be really good. For the local art pop-up, stuff feels like homemade and that's really charming and cute. Mm. And it really fit, like, on most people's shelves, as opposed to something that feels like you need, like, a blank wall to present it and, like, a mm-hmm. bunch of lighting. Yeah, yeah like that. Yeah, um, that's some good art. It is. It's, it's you, make that up? you make that awesome? $15. I, yeah. I wasn't... Oh, uh, what? Which one? Keep, keep going. There's a lot of opportunities like that. <laughs> I don't do any of those things, though. Most of the commissions that I get, I'll be working on one project, and someone comes by, walking by the street, is like, hey, I'm opening up a shop. You want to do a logo for me? I'm like, okay, cool. Okay. Working at was really nice. Well, I just said it. Um, that's mm. one place that I worked at, and that was really nice to work at we because... Can, we can that up. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. So, the place that I... Just cut that a little second now, if you could. <laughs> um, and so, like, most of the projects that I... Most of the commissions that I get, I'll be working on a project. Someone walks by and is like, hey, I'm doing a logo. Um, you want to do... Uh, you want you want to do it? I'm like, sure, because I'm painting a logo on someone else's building. Mm. And so, as long as you're doing stuff outdoors, you usually get someone coming by. At the place I used to work at, it was really useful because, like, we had a pretty, we had an eclectic clientele that was, like, we have really expensive food. So we got a lot of people who were, like, I don't know, into art and stuff, you know, like, yeah. we, we got, we didn't have a lot of uneducated bigots coming through our doors just interested in picking out and leaving. People were there to enjoy the food. Yeah. And so when they saw the art on the board or saw what I was drawing, they'd be like, hey, you want to do some work? And almost all of my art world just comes from the fact that I was at that place. Mm. I'll have a conversation about an album at one table. The other guy overhears me and is like, you want to do a project? And I'm like, sure. So it's really just word of mouth for me. Okay. Mm. That's kind of... So it's like... It's kind of real. Is it the same with the... Is it the same with the music? The music, I haven't figured out how to profit on yet. Music's a lot harder to profit on for my kind of music because with art, you can appreciate like a Kandinsky or a Picasso, but... When it comes to music, everyone's just looking 
<laughs> yeah, condensed. Yeah, yeah, condensed. Yeah, I, but I gabba, gabba go, I, I cook it. I mean, all right. Yeah, yeah. You like wacky images. Yeah, I like yeah. wacky images. And like almost all album art is beautiful, right? Like I can like album art from almost any style of music, but I only like two or three of those styles of music. So we have a much wider range of appreciation for art than we do for music. When people are listening to music, they're looking for like their tribe anthem and their cultural group. Yeah. And they want it to feel like family and like home or like I have no family, I have no home. They're looking for those polar opposites. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And so music is much more of a cultural alignment, whereas art is just, this thing looks cool. I like it on my wall mm-hmm. and I'll put it there. Those look pretty cool. Yeah. We yeah. almost, uh, we almost like semi-crucified them on the wall with like a thumbtack. We were going to have them like we, hung right here. We were this close. <laughs> yeah. But, but we, we just haven't sat down here. We had a very PETA friend over. Yeah. And, for our audio uh, listeners, we are, uh, we're, uh, we got this little dog on set. His name's Gettyberg. And, uh, Gettyberg. <laughs> and, like, he stretches a lot, and he, we can, like, we're, we were gonna crucify him and, like, kill him, but, like, now he's just a, he's, like, the mask Scott of the podcast. Yeah. So, there's Gettysburg. But, yeah, your yeah. music is, a it's, uh, would you call it its own genre? Or would you say there is a genre that you fit into? I'd like to say that every album is, ideally... Every album is its own little genre cluster. I always put seven tracks out. They all have a sound that puts them all together. But genre is usually bigger than that. I'd say I'm more in the just... It's just uh, abstract electronic, basically, I would say. I also love trap beats and rap music. Mm -hmm. So I like making those beats as well. I guess all my music is just trying to work on motion. It's trying to move in funny ways and convey momentum. So yours is less of a... Well, I mean, I guess... So your music is is music based off of the way it interacts with uh, how we see things or whatever, right? So would you call that a genre in its own, or would you say that all genres are kind of ways that they interact with stuff? That's interesting. So I think that there's... So if, if you have synesthesia, when you hear a song, you can see a picture, right? Mm-hmm. And when you see look at something, you can hear the sound that it would make, right? Yeah. That means that like between three pieces of art, if one of them makes an ugly sound... You're not going to like that one, mm. right? Everyone might like all three, but you also know how it sounds. And so you're not going to like that one. So when you combine, when you are, when art has to not only look good, but sound good, you have a smaller genre domain. So there's a lot of music. Let's say like there's 10 songs and you're synesthetic. You can listen to all 10 of them and hear all 10 of them and see all 10 of them. And five of them make ugly images. You don't like the images they make. Therefore, no one else knows what's going on, but you know that five of those aren't as good as the rest of them. Yeah. So, I would say that um, there's probably within every genre, there's a certain amount of music that looks good and sounds good, and those are the better ones. I would probably also guess that if we could smell music and taste music and, like, imagine the texture of music... the best, vision. Yeah, something like that. The best pop songs, the ones that do, like, enormous numbers, like Gangnam Style, for example, like, was that really a unique song? Maybe. If you turned it into smell, it would smell good. Mm-hmm. So the, the best songs are probably the ones that actually satisfy the most yeah. synesthesia okay mm. so like is do you think there's a future for for smell sound probably not no <laughs> no you really don't think so maybe we could be the future for smell sound <laughs> Let's like what do, what do we think the too good for two podcast would smell like farts but yeah okay By definition i mean i think it would like maybe not like a fart maybe like a kind of like a odor maybe like a like a, a musk a musk Incense is important. Yeah, yeah incense. Candles. Okay, okay. That well, dove deodorant. Man, the dove. this is... 
It's the like, the X body spray over there. It's lime sage. I can smell that X body spray from over here. Yeah, he sprays it on like so much before. We have X body spray. It feels like a shower. Yeah, it really is. It feels like a. If it's bad, they're they're plotting on me. I don't have I don't have X body spray. Oh. I use women's, oh. I use women's perfume. So, um, <laughs> perfect. <laughs> checkmate. Uh, <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Okay, so uh, man, let's talk about something. All right. Okay. So yeah. there's let's talk about something absolutely mental. I'm I'm I I yeah. My chest yeah, you so much noise. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. These, they there's there's oh. a funny little bit we do where we just share us. We just make it. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Like so, uh, as a as a fellow thinker, yes. Whenever whenever you're thinking about art, yes. And whenever you're thinking about your 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 creation, yes. Uh, what do you? Obviously, you've had interactions with theater, right? Yes. In theater arts or whatever. Very fond of me. What's what do you? How do you view theater? You know, and that's that's to include just like how do you view acting? I guess or what whatever you generalize the whole thing as. Acting is interesting because someone can act in a movie like a fighter pilot or like an action star, and then in real life we treat them as if they are that thing. Like mm -hmm. Tom Cruise, we think Tom Cruise is amazing, and I in my head Tom Cruise is a guy that like is flying fighter jets all over the place and like sending off big explosions and breaking into government facilities to steal documents and stuff. Yeah. In reality, he's just amazing at pretending to do all of those things, and he does some of his stunts for real. But, like, jumping, practicing a jump from a building, I mean, sure, he broke a rib and a toe or something doing that, but it's I mean, so different on. than doing what he's actually pretending to do. Mm -hmm. But, like, we treat Tony Stark as if he is, wait, we Robert treat Robert Downey Jr. That's the point. Is this guy. Yeah. Yeah. He's, a, he's a slave to the machine. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my gosh. And music, musicians are at least honest. Like, all they know how to do is make cool sounds and jump up and down. But when it comes to, like... Just like me. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. But when, when it comes to actors, like, the best, the biggest ones... But then some of them are, aren't the case. Like, for example, like, Natalie Portman isn't Padme, you know? We just treat her like she's Natalie Portman. So when you're an actor, your identity is like, you know, how, how much did they plan it, you know? How much did Tom Cruise say, I'm going to market myself as the guy that breaks into government facilities? And how much did Natalie Portman say, I don't want to be Padme. I want to be Natalie Portman. I don't know. But they have a lot of image going behind them. The other thing I'd say about theater, um, I think is that nowadays I feel like it's basically just commenting on itself and maybe that's because everyone else has gone to other art forms and theater is kind of just left on its own talking to itself in a big empty room. Like poetry is a similar problem I think where poetry is like like some of the best poets have like 2,000 followers on Instagram. You've never heard of them before. You know like who's your best contemporary poet? I can't answer that question. Like Robert yeah. Frost and um, Shakespeare maybe I guess but they're, they're both like hundreds of years old. Michael Jordan was pretty good. Huh? What? You say it? Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan? He played basketball. Okay. I guess. He was in Space Jam. Oh. Space Jam. Nice. You're gonna cry. Very good, it? Austin. Very good. There are tears in your eyes right now. There's tears in Austin's eyes. There's, there's tears in my eyes. Because I just he had to witness so this. Michael Jordan? He's so good. Man, he could do great things with a pen. Yeah. Yeah, he could do great. He yeah. Uh, okay. Are you are you actually crying? I'm the best actor you know. Uh, I, Anyways, uh, okay, so I know. let's get on. Let's get on with it. So acting, uh, what I'm hearing. So you, you're you're the the with the with the with an artist you have the pencil or the pen or the the pen, the paper. Uh, with the musician you have the sounds or whatever. So do you think do you think actors are less about uh, using their body? Is that like because you would say their bodies are tool, but really it's the the image of themselves. Like their body is just a part of that, right? 
Tom, I, I guess Tom Cruise was interesting to bring up there because for Tom Cruise, much of his perf- portfolio, much of his profile is about his body. The fact that he's actually putting his body there. But yeah, most actors nowadays put on a motion capture suit, make some facial expressions, and then CGI does the breast. Mm-hmm. So it used to be about body language, and the best actors to this day still do use body language, but it's going away a lot. I think it's because we, most of the time people nowadays are only interacting with usernames, we're not interacting with bodies. And yeah. so I can't relate. I don't know what good body language looks like because no one ever taught me. I just know what good internet conduct looks like in the comment section. So back when every, every time you talked to a person, you were in front of them, body language was a big deal. But now it's like the same thing with gender, right? Like back in the day, everyone could tell exactly what was in your pants. Nowadays, I just have a bunch of usernames. So it's, you're just, we're all just brains in a jar. So body language is just probably going to die out more and more or at least change a lot. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because, like, okay, so, uh, what's his name, uh, Peter, uh, who's the, who's the most famous one right Peter... now? Peter. The hot guy, Tom Holland. Tom what? Holland. So, Tom Holland is, like, <laughs> I mean, you know, there was that, that funny moment where he was getting, like, interviewed or something, and they were like, hey, your movie's about to surpass Avatar, and he's like, Peter. what are you talking about? And they were like, yeah, it's about to surpass what Avatar. About? Holy yeah, crap, yeah. Joe. And they were like, your movie's massive, but, like, Tom Holland's, like, massive, right, apparently? Yeah. And that was, like, one of the, but, like, even Tom Holland... It's like with with everything being as even with a regular movie, right? Yeah. The, or what like regular movies? Regular you know? show. Um, Marvel movies are regular movies nowadays. Yeah, Marvel movies are made of. And that's fuck. like and that's like, and that's yeah, like yeah. everything is just almost everything is fabric. And, and it's you 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 don't have to make it real, so why make it real, right? Exactly. So do you think with the less the body language is going to become important? What's what's the point? I think we'd have stopped using bodies altogether. Yeah. You think? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Instead of, like, right now, Spider-Man jumping around and flipping on screen is just a way of showing you things moving fast and someone almost dying. And you can communicate those things a lot easier by just having a bunch of shapes moving around really quickly and the sounds of someone almost dying. Whoa. That sounded yeah. great. That, that's good for audio. <laughs> yeah, but, like, what if, what if, like, what if we all, like, plug ourselves into Mark Zuckerberg's metaverse? Beautiful. And we all, like have our nfts and stuff yeah. like that and then we yeah but what if we do that <laughs> and we all have our nfts <laughs> yeah yeah very beautiful i don't think you know at some point it'll be like why do i have a bot like why can't i reach that thing over there right now i want to reach that thing over there and it feels weird for it to float to me i would just like my arm to extend all the way over there that'd be nice yeah, like, like michael jordan space jam Ex- <laughs> now you're seeing it oh he's just like me for oh, real for real oh man and then at some point, I'd be like, okay, well, I want ten arms, please. And then at some point, it's like, why do I have arms and wrists and hands? Why do I need to... Why can it only bend here? I wish it could just be a curve so I can get in weird places. And then everyone yeah. just becomes an octopus, right? Mm-hmm. And then over time, it's like, well, I could just be a square. Oh, be- oh that's a... Who did that? Is that... Me. Did you buy that? Nah, it's from like a grocery store. I think it's got pee on it. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. I couldn't nah, tell if he was like asking who did the pee stain or who did the art. <laughs> <laughs> Right. No, actually, I think I just got that from like a like Belk or something. For our audio listeners, there is it's a, a neat picture. It's a giant painting of an octopus in the corner with a little pea stain in the corner of the of the painting. I don't yeah. know if that's Austin's pea or like I don't know who for, did that. For our audio listeners, like go check out Austin's Instagram because he's really beautiful, and I don't think you can tell from the way he talks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm kidding. He His talks really is... ugly. I'll speak more elegantly. There we go. Um, Everybody follow Getaway at Austin on Instagram. Okay. Um, um, calm down. Uh, so uh yeah so i mean what yeah what's the point about you know like why stretch your arm out you can have a drone take it to you or whatever right but it's like the the as 
I mean, it's kind of crazy to think about we're like that and we're thinking of things like that. Meanwhile, there are other countries, right? Because sometimes you, you, you look at yeah, Japan and yeah. Japan's like... I'm looking at Japan. Where it's advanced. <laughs> where... <laughs> it's good to know someone's keeping an eye over there. Yeah, somebody has to do it. <laughs> Sean's on the case. I... So when Sean's looking down on Japan like God, right? And, <laughs> and he's got his little <laughs> octopus arms like moving I watch anime. The whole and world making is anime. Japan. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Everybody's so advanced. That's kind of... What, what are you... But there's... <laughs> I'll, I'll go, there, there, no, there, there's people in their their huts. Yeah, I like how. Do you think that's? Do you think it's like a, ooh, capitalism kind of thing, or do you think it's like Because people there aren't aware, right? Or the, maybe some people are aware and they see people dropping water in on big helicopters and like ooh, and it's like a hunger. Spraying the fluoride all over like the yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you know, but I think that's kind of crazy to think about because we. We've reached a point where we could live out of, uh, you know, whatever if we wanted to. And the whole, the whole, I mean, we kind of spoiled ourselves before when we made movies about, uh, about alternate realities and there were like animes about it. Yeah, exactly. We spoiled everything and we were like, look at all the good stuff. We can be so, so now awesome. we can do it. You ever seen Blade Runner 2049? <laughs> yeah. That wasn't so awesome in that movie. <laughs> well, it was pretty pretty. It was very pretty. That's I so, st- I would just love to walk through Orange Mist my entire yeah. life. Dude, that movie's like so like aesthetic for lack of a better word. It's just like really... Is that the is that the uh, is that the one where they have like different blades? Mm. And they run. Okay. I used to think it was about those Olympic athletes who would have like prosthetics on their feet and they have the springy blades. I thought Blade Runner for the longest time. I was like, what else could it be? Yeah. No, it's about it's about it's like Ryan Gosling, Harrison Ford. It's like it's actually about like a thin thematic divide on how you define a person. Yeah. Oh. So it's something, yeah, yeah, yeah. close, like but that. that's what the blade. The blade is. I'm pretty sure the blade is like. Oh. And then they're on between. Oh, and yeah, yeah. Oh. 2049. 2049. Don't forget that part. Yeah, yeah. No, that's it's it's almost pointless to talk about. Okay, so so whenever uh, uh, we're thinking about it, we're like, oh, look at all the stuff we could do with this, and we've already explored it. So what's the point, right? Or at least for me, because when I think about something, uh, if I if I've already thought through it. And I've reached uh, and I've reached a thing where I'm like I know this is a thing. Yeah. What's the point? If somebody's like, haha, look at this funny pun. My brain isn't like, oh, that's a nice pun. It's like, yeah, it's been there, right? Yeah. So it's like it's the same thing with a virtual reality for me. Of course, in in terms of like the art world and the the directions that you like to go with it, with like movies and everything, uh, that interests me a lot because that's like new territory. But whenever somebody's just like, we could live in VR, dude. It's like we we. We created a mo- like ten movies about living in VR. Already. And how bad it would be. Yeah. 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 Well, okay. I think that you you think all the puns have been made, but I would argue very few of the puns have been made because you'd say, okay, we we we've, we've, we've had we've, we've had like six seven hundred years in order to make puns. The problem mm-hmm. is they were speaking different English back then. Most of their puns back then wouldn't work today. There's a Shakespeare play where some guy is telling a girl he wants to die in her lap. Mm. Um, and it's actually a clever pun for he wants to like it, it's a, it's an innuendo, so it's it's, it's a really clever. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna but use that one. Yeah, it doesn't make sense today, right? Most of the puns that they used back then just don't connect today because words all mean different things. Mm-hmm. To bite your thumb at someone, you can't say that I bite my thumb at you as in I'm insulting you anymore, and so you can't make puns about that for whatever reason. You need to make a pun, right? Mm-hmm. Um, most of the most puns are based on figurative language and literative literal language. 
And figurative language is always changing. So you can probably, new puns get invented every time we change language a little bit. Same thing goes for the future. Um, in the medieval ages, I'm sure they had like an amusement park ride where they tie you to a bunch of strings and then just suspend you over the ground and swing you a little bit and say, look, you're flying. And they would say, wow, in the future, I'm going to be hanging from strings, but it'll be 10 stories tall and I'll be flying then. Yeah. That didn't happen. We, you know, if the future would happen as everyone proceeded, we'd have really good plows and really effective farms, and that's what everyone would be doing. It's like the cars and the horses thing, where they yeah. were like, let's let's make a really fast... They were like, okay, so before cars. I'm, I'm sure you've dealt in this. Yeah. This is really interesting. Uh, and the more you think about it, the more you start hating everything, and you just want to implode on yourself. But yeah. So but when they were trying to invent a new mode of transportation, they didn't think of a car. They thought of a, a metal horse instead exactly. of think something after the horse. So it's like that, right? And we thought of a car. We thought, okay, what is a self-driving car going to look like? Mm -hmm. Obviously, there's going to be a human robot in the front seat driving your car. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You didn't think the car would be the robot. So, yeah. In the same way with the puns thing, it's like we think we've made all the puns, but language is going to change, and then there'll be brand new puns, and all these puns aren't going to make any sense. Mm -hmm. So we really don't know what the future's going to look like until we make the next step towards it right now i think people are shooting for 10 steps down the line of our modern day future saying we're going to make all the puns of modern language i'm trying to just change language so we can make a few more puns instead mm -hmm. i'm trying to change the world yeah you know I mean? <laughs> change japan i'm gonna yeah. change uh, i'm gonna do i'm gonna do something for japan i'm gonna do something moves, right now i'm gonna make sure money moves. we have a phone recording the the visuals right now i'm gonna make sure the phone you hasn't, don't have, okay i'm gonna make sure it hasn't hit 15 percent and like you know you don't Stop have, the video. You have yeah. to say it's a phone. We have so much money, it's a real camera. Oh yeah. <laughs> With the millions of dollars we made from Spotify this month, we've actually uh, we've actually changed to fourteen different cameras. They're just all so high quality, and you're seeing all of them at once. And it's yeah, fantastic. it's like a it's like it's like, squ it? it's like Squid Game. Yes. Very nice. And we have multiple ring lights all set up like that, like they did for the space station when they okay. faked the moon landing. It was. We nice. have the live studio audience in the background. Yeah. Say hi, everybody. <laughs> They're so sexy. Thanks, thanks. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, with the language thing, uh, we've uh, we've talked about this before, or at least I've known I've known you to discuss it before. Uh, with like the LOLs and the the raffles and the <laughs> and the RNs of raffle copy. Right? Yes, and we've talked about uh, or uh, at least I've I've known you to mention like how short we can make it all, right? Yes. Or how how abbreviate? Do you think that's do you think that's the next the next step? For language? The, like, the next step for English. Since we're so... Because before with languages, everybody was like... And they were still exploring the... Well, now it's reached a point where they think they've gotten everything. And, of course, they thought that before, too. And then they found them or whatever. But it's like, do you think that is the, the next place where we're just shortening what we have now to a point? The short game versus the long game... I don't know about the long game. I would say for the short game, English recently actually got way more complicated than it got simple. Um, we've managed to abbreviate a lot of the things the old people said, but the new kids are talking about a bunch of new things, and we have no way to simplify that yet. Um, for example, identity got really complicated recently. There's an enormous list of pronouns now that all the new kids are convinced about, so I'm like, okay, might as well make them a thing. Who cares? Um, at least, whether or not I like it, that seems where language is going, and boomers hated BTW. A lot of people our age are probably going to hate he, him, they, their, etc. Mm. So, Whatever. Let's let's assume that that keeps going as it is. It's still extremely complicated right now. There's an there's way too many pronouns, I think, and way too many genders. Two might be not enough for the new kids who are just brains in a jar. But I think a hundred is too many, and it'll probably settle around twenty maybe. But that'll be a simplification event. And then when it comes to identity, cultural and racial upbringing used to be very different back in the day because everyone was very traditional. Mm -hmm. And so in trying to integrate all these new cultures into the same English format. It's really complicated trying to describe someone's sexual, racial, cultural, ethnic background. 
And people spend a lot of time nowadays and a lot of words on just talking about it constantly. Yeah. Eventually, I think it'll simplify. If only because everyone now watches the same television, we're all going to have the same culture again, and we'll not have this problem of everyone coming... This problem. We're not going to have <laughs> the benefits of diversity either because the whole world is homogenizing. Okay. So language got a lot more complicated recently when it comes to talking about identity, and you know this because the stereotype of an SJW is someone who will talk for days using endlessly complicated language about things nobody cares about. Mm. Right? That's going to change over time, I think, when that becomes the new norm, and then we'll simplify that into BT dubs. And, like, instead of being male or female, or, you know, instead of being a male, uh, transgender, um, Muslim, etc., etc., this, you know, what everyone makes fun of nowadays, you'll just have, like, one or two words that capture the broad strokes of what you're trying to be, of what you, of what you say you are and who you are. Cock um, dude. Yeah, exactly, basically, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that'll be someone That's who, gonna like, be my name. Exactly. <laughs> someone who was this way in, a, in the past and has this sexuality, but this gender and this and this, we'll just have new stereotypes and norms. So... Language hasn't gotten that more, that more simple. We've just put the complexity somewhere else. But I think eventually that too will collapse once the world stops changing as much. Yeah, uh, I mean, when you look at stuff like that and it, like separations between generations and like these people are concerned with this and these people are concerned. So there's people who are older who don't use the, who are still using the BT dubs but not as worried about the they there is or whatever. But then they're working on things that are, uh, you know, how people, how some people limit their, uh, their thinking or limit their actions and, you know, generalized groups will focus on one thing. So isn't it like what do you think the what do you think about that? Because there's there's people in older generations who are focusing on one pillar of thought and one pillar of progress, and yes. then there's younger people who have their own things. Uh, what's the? Because I mean, America's still fairly new, right? Yeah. And America as a culture, it was a new thing to the world. Like the the whole, the, yeah. Thank you. Yes. Hubba I'm gonna. And uh, give me a bring me a break here. You know. Yeah. <laughs> And, uh, you know, airline foods and everything. Yeah. <laughs> what's so, the deal with airline food? You know, yeah, yeah, that guy. So what, what's, uh, I mean, when when I'm thinking about progress, I, I want to make progress in not only my own life, but I want my life to bring progress to everybody else's lives or the, the future of the world, right? Yes. And then there's some people who think that I just want to make progress in, in this one thing or... Or they think about progress. Some people don't even think about progress. And they just coexist. Most people, like, yeah. yeah. Most people, right? And the sentient, the unsentient, whatever, right? They're not awake. Yeah, they haven't. They haven't busted out of the Matrix yet. <laughs> they haven't busted out of the Matrix as... Uh, they haven't busted yet, I agree. As, as Dad says. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> right. And we'll leave his name unmentioned. Andrew <laughs> Tate. Ah! <laughs> there's um, Andrew Tate and there's everyone else. Yeah. 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 And then there's Dora Rogan in the middle somewhere. Oh... <laughs> uh, but that, that's, that's, where do you, where are you on the spectrum of, of humans in America? Between trying to, between uh, trying to make progress holistically all around or just not caring about progress, I try to stay a little bit behind the front lines because whenever, I, I think most people would say, you know, one or the other, I try to be a little bit behind the cutting edge progress piece with a bit of skepticism. Um, if only because if I was on the very cutting edge, then I would start listening to my own BS and be an ineffective human being by the end of the year. Yeah. It's very easy to buy your own... It's like it's like the flying thing. If you were on the cutting edge of tying someone to a bunch of strings and hovering them 12 feet off the ground and telling them they're flying and swinging, swaying it a little bit, then you would just keep finding ways to make that better, and you would believe you've solved um, aviation. Mm-hmm. Um, and the people that were skeptical of you... The people that didn't believe that that was a thing at all just went home and didn't do anything for the rest of their lives. People that were interested by that but thought you were doing the wrong approach 
they're the ones that made airplanes eventually, I feel like, or hot air balloons or whatever. Um, so I try to be a little bit skeptical of the forefront, and then that's it. Just say, just say a little bit yeah, behind, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but still be way, way before, way in front of the people who don't care about yeah, progress I'm, I'm at all. Yeah, I'm picking you up. I'm picking up what you're yeah, schlepping yeah, down. He's picking up the... The, eth- the ethos. <laughs> it sucks because <laughs> the, the conservatives... Agreed. It sucks, though, because the conservatives feel like I'm a progressive liberal, mm-hmm. and the progressive liberals feel like I'm too conservative yep. for them, usually. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? To yep. be anywhere in the middle. But that's a conversation that everyone has on a podcast ever, is we yeah. should be less partisan. So. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, <laughs> we're, we're the new Joe Rogan, actually. Yeah. Um, Somebody else said it better than me. Yeah. Uh, but... I don't think so. Oh. Um, no, but um, <laughs> do you think there's do you think there's too do you think there's too many on yeah on on the cutting edge? Do you think there are the like is there is it possible for there to be the mm-hmm. dumb twins flying through the air to the people who are who are still eating water pie? <laughs> the people that are still eating water pie and wearing rocks for clothes <laughs> I mean they're probably not going anywhere but they're useful oh this sounds so eugenicist they're, they're very <laughs> they're very happy with themselves and their rock clothes and their water pies <laughs> yes exactly I'm not saying we should exterminate all the idiots huh? well, I would never go that far I would never go that far of course not but well, I of course you wouldn't you wouldn't <laughs> I think most people agree that there is just a group of people with a certain mindset, a certain subculture of people that are better off just operating the McDonald's and making sure that it wakes up at 8 Mm a.m. or whenever it wakes up. I think everyone disagrees on who that group of people is. A lot of people think it's me. I'm like, okay, I probably think it's you. But everyone agrees that there probably should be a large group of people who don't do too much besides just make sure McDonald's opens at 11 a.m. Yeah. And if you're concerned with what we're talking about and if you're really concerned about it and want to make it your life's progress, you're not going to be at McDonald's making sure it opens up at 8, 9, 10, 11 a.m. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's we definitely need stock to keep the thing running until we can have robots do all of that stuff. Mm. And then once McDonald's wakes itself up and starts pumping out burgers at 11 a.m., then we can encourage everyone, I think, to be very... Um, what do you actually want to do with your life? And then everyone will be artists. A thing I saw last thing, a thing I saw um, on the internet, which is a really cool text post, is um, every all the, we we always talk about those rich kids who didn't really have to go to college and could do whatever they wanted with their lives. Yeah. They always go into art, and we always say, "Oh, you're so privileged. Like, screw you." They're like, it just really draws me, and like, I think we really give them a lot of flack for doing that and making those decisions to be so esoteric and unconnected with like, you know, what's the price of a gallon of milk at the supermarket? I think what we ignore is the fact that what that shows, I think, is that every human is fundamentally an artist until we have to pay the bills. Mm-hmm. And then everyone stops. But everyone's inherently an artist. So when McDonald's opens itself up, then we can convince the stock. But I think we'll also be having so many fewer kids at that point. Already the population is collapsing in most countries in the next couple of decades. Because when life gets easier, you have less kids. So it'll also be as much... It'll be a culture that is less mass millions of millions of views. It'll be a much smaller worldwide culture. And that'll be a lot easier to convince everyone. Because you won't need to penetrate the brains of 10,000 people operating on a lowest common denominator. Yeah. Mm. So then, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. I hate the world. Um, society, <laughs> society is a... How about Joe Biden? Society. Yeah, you ever, <laughs> you ever heard Joe Biden? <laughs> that one. Yeah, we did it, I hear. I hear we did it. Oh, I I did it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Let's go. That was yeah. the word, anyways. Uh, yeah, Joe I, I, rig, I rigged the polls. <laughs> Pokemon go to um, the polls, bro. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Art... 
art in relation to to humans. I mean, you look at the dude who just who just wants to play with mud and make trucks sound funny. Mm-hmm. I, that's it's that's it's not art like to me. me. Huh? That's art to them. The simple life. Yeah. And people are afraid to call it art. But when you're trying to touch a muffler up in just the right way, and you're trying to to you know, and and I know you have a few you know things with like you know you know the wood carvings and the clothing, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but and the muffler in the truck. Yeah, and the, the muffler in the truck in the mud. Yeah, whenever yeah. you have somebody who wants to to tinker with the pipe just the right way to make it yeah. make a funny noise, yeah. that's that's art whether they like it or not. That's fair. And they say, I just want to be a country boy. Yeah, you want to be a country boy. Let him be a country boy. And the country boys are artists in their own way. Because I think it's an art form to look at life in a way that it's so simple that it's just make sure the crops grow, right? I definitely agree. I think make sure the crops grow is a lifestyle. Make sure the McDonald's open is a punishment and mm-hmm. purgatory. There's some jobs that just nobody wants to have. Being a forklift driver is genuinely a lot of fun. And I think a lot yeah, of people... Yeah. We're forklift drivers, man. Absolutely. And I, don't, I it sounds like I'm saying this in a better way, but I'm not. But like, there's lots of people that have... we Nowadays, we say they have, they're learning challenged or they're mentally disabled or they have cognitive shortcomings. Mm. But in the past, they were the people who made sure that the crops grew because they're they're excellent at that and they were never they never evolved to do anything differently and they're very necessary so i think yeah, and even in the future when we could have automatic farms there'll still be a lot of people who just want to be farmers and make an analog farm and sure it doesn't produce at the scale of the automatic farm but it'll still sell for higher because oh a human made this amazing yeah it'll be that'll be the new organic they're using pesticides probably but like a human made this this thing is better so, so real yeah that's so weird i, I it's like I think it's funny that people make a big deal out of humans making things, you know, because because I, if I were to get a, if I were to get a purse like the one that you have there for the audio listeners, there is a, there is a man bag and uh, a, a, a purse. Fossil. It's fossil. <laughs> uh, I I quite like bags like that. I had to I had to carry me this pin. Aww. Aww. <laughs> it's a little it's a little it's a little poo. Ladies yeah, and gentlemen, it's a little, little guy. Winnie the Pooh um, holding some strawberries. Yeah. yeah okay, yeah. Mr. Lover here. Um, <clears throat> but if a dude. If a dude makes me a bag and a robot makes oh. me a bag, a man made the robot or whatever. A dude made the pin that the man was using to sew the things together, whether he oh, made yeah. it by hand or not. But I, I don't, I don't get the big deal about it. With plants, uh, with something that requires a fine, a fine detail, like making sure, uh, whatever, or with something where you're looking for the human differences, where this artist sometimes makes a smear right here where he's not supposed to, or Bob Ross just adds an extra pretty tree. The right? personal touch. You could yeah. algorithm that so easily. And, but you, yeah. So I don't, I don't think it is. Uh, well, I see more things as useless than regular people see things as useless. Right? Yes. And I'm sure you. I don't know if you are the same way or not, or if you've worked past that yet. You you see, you also see some things as more useful than other people would mm-hmm. see them. Um, I think that, so a brief background to what you're saying, um, nowadays the, the power of money, I think, is that I can give someone what they want without ever having to know what they want. I can give you money and as long as it isn't a gift card, it could mean anything to you. If we got rid of that, the only way that I could get, the only way that I could give you what you want is if I knew you. The barter system had that benefit, right? Of the only way that we can make this transaction work is if we both benefit in personal ways. I can only benefit if, from this transaction mutually if you get what you were looking for and I get what I was looking for, as opposed to just you getting the ability to buy whatever, right? And so it makes it impossible to support a druggie unless you're actually giving them drugs, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you could give them something they would trade to someone else, but the point is, if you don't have a currency, every time I give you something, it's based on a personal understanding and relationship. And so just the mere f- fact that we're exchanging something is 
fundamentally like it's, it's it makes us family it makes us kin nowadays we still have that urge i think to give things to people but giving them money is so impersonal we're just giving them the hey go buy what you want i don't care what you want i don't know what you need i'm not concerned with your actual personality or your your lacking your insufficiencies i just trust that you're going to repair them the best way you know how most people don't so that's the precursor the next thing i think is what that shows i think is that at the time all of our exchanges were based upon relationships and that's really or more based upon relationships. Because even if you didn't know the guy at the market, you couldn't trade with someone who didn't like the food that you were making in, out of another culture. So it was always about commonality. So before this podcast, it's funny that you're saying that because a second ago you told me that you were going to spend money that you were making from your job on my art. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to buy some food just because a person made it as opposed to a robot. But you would buy that food if a human being made it that you knew, if your friend made it as opposed to a robot. So farmers could only ever sell to their friends and their communities they wouldn't, no one else is going to care if a human robot made it, but I'm going to care about the food being made if my friend makes it. Yeah. So that's, that's the, that's the counter argument I raised there, I guess, is that you're right. A human making it isn't enough, but if your friend makes it, then it's almost priceless and it's suddenly worth a lot more. Wow. You know, there's a, the, when you mentioned the, uh, the do whatever you want with your money kind of thing, there's kind of a, uh, there's obviously a religious spectrum, not in terms of how people like how religious somebody is or not. But uh, in, in, let's say, just Christianity. Uh, with Christianity, the one that is viewed as the most uh, uh, in-your-face kind of, and the most that tries to get into your business whenever people uh, utilize it in the wrong way, right? Yeah. Uh, there's, a bond, there's like a, a very large spectrum of people who want and care too much about other people's stuff. And then there's the people who are religious in the right way where they understand the Bible says you shouldn't care about, like, you know, you just trust that they're going to do whatever they can, and that's their relationship with God or whatever. And there's people over here who are... Uh, who understand uber non-religion who were like, okay, yeah, it doesn't matter what you do with your money, take it, whatever, it's a system anyways, and it all goes in circle, right? Yeah. So that, that's kind of funny, don't you think, that there's the there's the people who really understand the Bible who who see the lack of need for interference in another person's life, and then there's the people who are very out of it who are also, because, I mean, and it's kind of a blur too, because a lot of people, once you pass the Christian line over there in the middle of the spectrum, people automatically assume that you're, your way in. And then people over here, when they see you cross that line of the spectrum, they automatically assume, you know. But whenever you get to the ends of both of them, you really see that there is a a, a, a very intense sense of love that they have for for humanity as a whole. Yes. Isn't that kind of cool? It is very cool. I think it takes that amount of love to hold a community or group people together because the world is so impersonal these days. I don't think it was as necessary in the past. People weren't as sentimental back then. I think sentiment is a response to the separation we feel. And the more separated and technological we get, the more intense sentiment and the more passion it's going to take to keep people together. I don't think you would have an extremist ideological group in caveman times because they were operating relative to their evolutionary outfit at a level that, like, they had everything they needed, etc. Especially, like, in, like... Desert, uh, not in the desert. Desert is desert good. storm. Desert Let's storm. go! Oh, the yeah. yeah, my man. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, let's go. Destroy the microphone. Surely, <laughs> we'll edit it. In the desert, no. you need. I, in the desert, you need extreme ideology to keep everyone from giving up and dying because there's no water, and I think that's why a lot of religions come from the desert. But the reason you just don't hear the guys in the Amazon broadcasting right now, I think, is because they're kind of chilling. They kind of have everything they need. And so I think in the future, if if Christianity manages to accomplish its goal from both ends of that spectrum, for viewers, for listeners, I mean, I'm very disturbed. For audio listeners, Austin just dribbled water all over his face and then is now, like, staring intently into, like, the eyes of uh, Augustia over here. I think I got... I think. Oh, I, he just, like, dumped it all over himself. Wow. He's listening. He's really a... Active listener. 
He's, he's really like getting a... Wow. Have we ever talked about doing yoga together? No. Okay. Uh, uh, not to uh, not to impede upon Desert Storm, but it's okay. Y- yeah, I mean, but I didn't think about yoga. Right. Uh, what do you what do you do in your what do you do in your day to day? That is, oh, uh, what? Switch fingers. There we go. Yeah, uh, okay. <laughs> we're good. For um, our audio listeners, um, Augustia just flipped, flipped off, off. Uh, Austin. <laughs> Without meaning to, but obviously I must have wanted to on some level. <laughs> right. No, no, no. Um, uh, yeah. What do you what do you uh uh my my brain's my brain's artistic sensors ran out yes. and my my uh my deep understanding of the world ran out for a second uh i need to get in touch with my human side what what do you do daily because as as art people yeah uh, yeah yeah and i don't know how many of the listeners are art people or the viewers or whatever are art people but whenever you're an art person it, it's uh you feel a disconnect with the regular world and the fact that you yep. feel a, a sense of uselessness and a sense of uh and a sense of extreme usefulness at the same time you know yes so uh, in terms of waking up at the beginning of each day it's a completely different story when your pillow is like resting against your head sometimes it's it's uh, it's telling you different things right it's telling you you should get up and you have reasons to change and then it's telling you you're useless anyways just name that right and then some people can say you're insane austin you have to, what, what? Pillows right? don't talk. Pillows don't talk. <laughs> what? Right now. There's oh. no ants under your skin. They don't talk to you. Uh, yeah. You don't have to tear them out. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah but whenever, whenever you do, whenever you have your routines and you, you say you brush your teeth, you get up, you shower, you dry a certain way, you pat it instead of rubbing it so it doesn't affect your skin as much. And so, uh, worst case scenario, you are uh, a useless human or a useful human, but you have good skin either way, right? What, what do you, do you do the cold showers? Do you do the ice baths? Do you do the make sure I go to bed at a certain time? Listen to Andrew you, Tate. Intense discipline you know, routines. Yeah, do you smell Andrew Tate's like bath water whenever you get home? You get in your Bugatti. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Around, what color is it? You know. How, how many, many do, you have? do you have? How many do you have? Yeah, I got green pee ones, so it's yeah. <laughs> Is there, like, do you have the, the routine stuff? I can myself on the back. Um... I just, uh, for listeners only, they're extremely interested in the answer to my question. And whatever, yeah. I, depending on what I say, they may or may not survive the podcast. Uh, what? But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, I don't have any oh. of those things. <laughs> I don't have any intense routine or ripping on the back. Every single day to me is, like, I mean, honestly, my struggle, the thing that, you know, because an ice bath is making yourself struggle for a while, right? To, like, not be super cold. And, like, I don't know, doing a bunch of workouts is, like, making yourself struggle to complete the routine because it, it's really against your motivations. My main struggle at the moment is at the level of just completing a day. I don't mean that in a suicidal sense. I mean that in, like, date, like, schedules are very confusing to me. And every day, like, for example, today I have a podcast, and I'm meeting my, my mentor later to discuss an upcoming project, and that's all that I'm doing today. Mm. And then in between, I have to work on this project, and the thing is, everything that I try to do, I want to do from, like, a place of inspiration. So I feel like I'm constantly just getting myself in the zone. And then I do it. And so I don't really do an ice bath, because you can't get in the zone when your, like, body is frozen like that. Uh, For our listeners, I think Austin's about to do some yoga. What are you doing? I'm making sure it's not dying. Um, yeah, uh, anyways, I mean, I think we're coming up near the, uh, near the, near the final bits of the, of the cast after that. After what Augustia just said to us, um, lots to think on. Yeah, it's a lot, lot to chew, lot to. Oh, yeah. It's like an elephant, baby. Every day is very difficult. Also. Wouldn't it be crazy that if we had really uh, big mouths, they say we need to eat elephants in bite-sized pieces, like what they're talking about a class or something. You can't eat an elephant. In one, if we had a really big mouse and we bit an elephant and we ate it in one bite. Yeah, like a, like a. Oh, 
Do you think we could finish? Do you think we could complete? If we had, a, if we had, if we had like an elephant right in front of us, I think like the three of us could like if we chow had, down. For our listeners, there is an elephant in the room. Right Big now. mouths. <laughs> you could say there's an elephant. Like like a. Yeah, like a. Like a, like a yeah. Can we finish off. Everything? You're a real nasty sort of bite. Like a. Yeah, that would be um, the best thing to ever happen. Do you to want us. a big mouth? Well, the, yep. th- the thing is, if you, I, we can, if, we can make that happen. Like, am I? Is my body getting big? Or is just my mouth really big? No. Okay. okay do you, Do you want a big mouth? Okay. Big. Just okay. So I think if we my can... if my mouth was really that big and I stayed the same size as the rest of me, it would be the best thing to ever happen to me. Oh. Because at that point, most of my body's energy is going into sustaining this mouth, and I would have no purpose. Yeah. 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 I would have no purpose other than. To eat elephants and life would be uh, my my purpose of life would be answered. I would just be something that eats elephants, and something. the rest of my body's an afterthought. Okay. And so I could live happily ever after, just finding wow. elephants and eating them. Okay, so after we uh, stop recording, we're gonna be eating an elephant after the podcast. But anyway, before we can get to that, and that is how the woolly mammoth went extinct. Before we get Big to that, I guess the. You do music. You do art. Where can our listeners find you at? I'm at Mop Factory on Instagram, M-O-P-F-A-C-T-O-R-Y. It was actually going to be the name of the improv team, but we didn't do that mm-hmm. at the end. We made it the Science Hill Improv Team for the lovely acronym. Um, oh, so oh yeah. At, that's right. At Mop Factory on Instagram, everything else is in some link in my bio. I need to update it. I have to put more stuff out. But from there, you can get to everything else on me. It's it's not it's not the biggest digital presence yet, but it's something. We're getting. There. I like it. <laughs> I like I like you, Augusto. I appreciate that. Thank you. I cannot wait to chow down on this elephant. <laughs> They're gonna misspell my name in the podcast, so you got to go to my Instagram to see if it's spelled properly or not. We are. I I'm absolutely gonna misspell the name. Your last name? My full to see how my full name is spelled. You can only find that on my Instagram. Everyone else misspells it without meaning to or meaning to. Okay. So I that's gotta what you gotta on check out the Instagram. Follow. I, I, yeah. Anything? Yeah, 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 yeah. Anything else you wanna you wanna say to our lovely listeners before we uh, eat before elephant. we eat the elephant? Tune in next week to TGF two. Too good. Wait. Too good for two. Oh yeah, he did it! Oh my god. We have our special guest, Tom Cruise, is actually coming on the podcast, and he will actually be talking about breaking into government buildings and why you should not do it but hypothetically if you were to here is how you shouldn't do it and he'll actually be eating the elephant and there's gonna be a big mouth next week yeah on tgf2 bye can we make that the outro for every video yeah sure yeah